Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 29. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have arrived at episode 29. I got to tell you, I'm excited about this episode. I'm always excited about my episodes, but this one, I finally got some free legal and tax advice for you guys. Once again, you know my little gimmick about one of my ways I get my free legal help is to get my legal team on the phone and start asking questions. Today, we are talking with attorney and CPA Mark Kohler. Mark's a best-selling author, national speaker, radio show host of the Refresh Your Wealth Show. Guys, I'm a big fan of this show, and uh, you need to add this to your list of things to listen to. You get access to the entire KKOS Lawyers Legal Team pretty much on that show. And uh, Mark's also a writer and a video personality for Entrepreneur.com. Now, we're here to talk today about Mark's book, What Your CPA Isn't Telling You. And it's Life-Changing Tax Strategies, written by Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, Tyler, thanks for having me and for that uh, flowery, glowing introduction. And uh, I'll, I, I don't know about free advice. I'll send you a bill after if you want, but I, you know, whatever you'd like. <laughs> I guess I'd have to pay it because I don't know who I, if you sue me, what am I going to do? <laughs> You're my attorney. <laughs> no, no. Thanks so much for having me. And I love what you're doing with your podcast and congratulations on your success. I think it's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, Mark, you guys, I just want to tell the audience Folks, when I got started in, in this go-around in real estate investing, I finally started doing things the right way. And, and by building my team, and Mark was one of the first, his firm was one of the first companies that I put on my team so that I have the strategies in place. I have the guidance behind me so I can make decisions instead of making mistakes. Now, granted, I still make mistakes. And when I do, then I get Marcus to send me that bill he was just talking about because he has to fix them. Uh, him or his team has to fix them. But... One of the reasons I brought Mark on the show is I want you guys, I tell this to you, to you all the time, you got to hire the professionals. You got to reach out and find the professionals that can help you, especially when it comes to taxation. Now, Mark's not, he's kind of an overachiever, okay? He's not just an attorney. He's also a CPA. Not that, you know, being an attorney is just an attorney thing, but Mark, I got to say, we're such fans of the education you put out, especially your CFO in the box course. We bought that about a year, maybe two years ago. I know you're getting ready to do a, a big upload of some more content on that. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and uh, we've, we've got, done a little rebranding. CFO in a box was kind of sometimes hard for people to get their head around. What are you doing, Mark, with that title? So uh, anyway, we have, we, we've added a, a variety of extra little videos that go with the package. We've got QuickBooks training, how to start a small, small business video series, and then the tax and legal library, 50 to 60 videos on how to save more money, how to structure different um, 
business uh, relationships, uh, raising capital, estate plan. Anyway, all these videos are fun. I do it in a studio where it's crisp, it's clean. I try to keep it funny and uh, fun and energetic as best I can with tax and legal. But yeah, so if you're on my site, you'll see references to uh, wealth plan, wealth bundle, uh, the tax and legal university. I've come and come up with some different names, but it's my video series, and you'll love it. It's awesome. So, that's cool. Thanks, Tyler. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, if you want to reach out to that, I've got an affiliate link uh, to Mark's site. Just go to cashflowguys.com forward slash tax. That's cashflowguys.com forward slash tax. So I want to get started. Mark, as you know, I'm a recovering flipper. I used to buy and flip back in the day. Um, maybe I should start a Flippers Anonymous program or something. That's, that's kind of what I'm doing with Cashflow Guys. I'm trying to get people out of the capital gains and the ordinary income taxes. And it's just crazy. And I'm not a tax professional. I always tell people, those of you that listen to my show that have never listened before, start listening because throughout the show, I keep saying it over and over again. You got to find a good, solid tax professional, someone that not only understands the real estate advantages and disadvantages, more importantly, though, invests in real estate themselves. Because I, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you really get it completely unless you're actually doing it yourself. Oh yeah, I, I, it's uh, there's nothing like being in the trenches out there, um, buying and selling property, and partnering with others, going to the clubs and and uh, networking. It's it's a whole uh, process, um, but it's liberating. It is so exciting to see people catch the vision of, okay, it's not just putting away a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars a month into an IRA or four hundred one k which is an important part of the piece. But as uh, one of the secrets in my book, what your CPA isn't telling you, and you know it's a story, which is fun. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But one of the secrets there is that real estate needs to play a role in all of our wealth building. And I'm not just saying flipping, as you said. It's about buying quality rentals that could be in a variety of uh, um, industries. Um, There's different types of rental property that speak to someone very differently, whether it's mobile homes or commercial. Anyway, so yeah, it really is liberating for people to start dipping their toes into it, getting involved and catching the vision of cash flow. Well, real estate, and that's, what's interesting is, is your approach in the book and you tell a story, real estate to you becomes a tool, not necessarily a full-on full-time business because you've got a lot going on. I mean, you own a law firm, you're made partner law firm, you got the CPA firm, Get all these things different going on, but you're using real estate as one of many tools in your toolbox to yeah, leverage the, your tax liability. That's huge. Exactly. For everybody listening out there, where are you taking the profits of your business? Where am I going to take it? Am I just going to keep pumping money money into my law firm or accounting firm? No. I want to harvest those profits, and all of you out there have a day job or some source of income that helps pay the bills. And as we live frugally and live within our means, where are we going to take that net profit? Well, we want to build some tax-deferred retirement vehicles, cool, but we also want to be building some real estate. And that real estate will ultimately appreciate tax-deferred, tax-free. We've got cash flow. It's one of the tax-preferred vehicles out there as well as it's tangible. We can get our heads around it. And so I myself, uh, like you say, I buy rental properties too. I'm always in the, the market and, uh, and in oh, and let me say this, Tyler, is that for those listening, if I'm going to be your tax advisor as your CPA, 
I need something to work with. I need a small business in your life. And like you said, it doesn't have to be quitting your day job. It can be just as easy as having a small business on the side. Something I can work with to hire your kids and write off the cell phone and the home office and all these little extra expenses you have around and buying a rental property can serve is that small business on the side. I see. So you're essentially saying use that business, so to speak, as your toolbox and you have your different tools. You may have your W-2 income job, but you also got a little rental property over on the side and all these little pieces go into your toolbox. You have an entity structure. You've got some some ways to protect your assets and whatnot, and you just start filling this toolbox one thing at a time and getting yourself set up. So that you 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 talk about in your book about uh, failure proofing your business. And guys, you yeah. know <laughs> you got to read this book because that really hit home with me is to really get into to failure proofing the business. You want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, absolutely. Well, and the fun thing about this, the book here, I don't want to throw this out for all of you that like a good. Um, story like richest man in babylon or uh, dysfunctions of a team and uh, you know all these books that create a parable or a story that's what i tried to do with my tax book it is no one out there wants to read a tax book i don't want to read a tax strategy book they're so freaking boring you know and so uh when i was uh watching um uh Modern Family. Sorry, I had to catch my train of thought there. But Modern Family, a really a fun show for our, our we've watched over the years. When that show first came out, that gave me the spark to write a tax book that was a parable or a story of a family and how they met a CPA and how their their life changed when they caught the vision of a tax advisor really bringing it all together. And you deserve that. For you listeners out there that are hacking it out on TurboTax or have a tax advisor where you just drop off your crap and pick it up two months later, that's not tax advising. You deserve better. And the number one cost in your life is going to be taxes over the life over your life. That's, that's where it's at. And we've got to tackle it. So I wrote it as a story. And it's fun when this – I've got good kids, bad kids, death, divorce, you know, and, and you can't put it down. I trick you into learning this tax and uh, these tax strategies. And failure-proofing is a way of taking calculated risks and taking um, – um, uh, we call it – uh, cautious, um, ag- aggressive planning. We want to be cautiously aggressive. There's no reason why you shouldn't take tax stra- tax deductions you're entitled to, but with the right legal structures and entities and quality planning, then you're not taking the risks that some people think uh, business is about. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't say that better myself. And, you know, interesting side story. So my wife got a, she's worked in the medical insurance business for many years. And, and Mark Rick knows as well over at, uh, at your, ta- your tax arm. And she was just offered a huge amount of money to come back and consult for the company that laid her off. Of course, my first question is, and this is the benefit. This is what I love about the way you guys have things set up is that I, I, I shoot Rick an email, Rick, Jill did it again. They're going to they're gonna send her a big check. They're going to tax it. What do we do? We can schedule a call. We get on a call. We make a plan before she even says yes to the job so we can help mitigate that. And one of the answers was you need to buy another piece another piece of rental property. Let's offset that. Let's keep building that plan. And, the, and this, this is the stuff that I'm telling my listeners about, Mark, is that you got to start with that toolbox. You have to build these plans long before you get started. Well, the biggest mistake I made Rick will tell you all about it because he helped dig me out of it is 
is I made the money first and then figured out the plan afterwards. Well, needless to say, I had to pay a lot of tax while I was trying to sort that plan out. Yeah, no, great point. And let's get a little technical here for two seconds, if you'll, if you'll absolutely um, give me a little freedom here. Um, is that for you listeners out here? Let me be clear about why this rental property equation is part of wealth building. And that's really my message more and more is that it's about bringing that entire American dream wealth building process together. And uh, here's why real estate works. So put on your thinking cap here. If you're driving down the road, focus in on this. Rental real estate has four primary benefits. First, you're going to get appreciation over time. These are not properties you're going to flip. You're going to sit on them seven to 10 years. You're going to find the asset class that speaks to you, whether it's commercial, uh, veteran housing, uh, college housing, uh, low-income housing. Find the housing that speaks to you and in your market of the country. And I know you talk a lot more about that with experts other than me, but I'm constantly helping clients find you know, the right area of the country and the right type of real estate. And they're going to sit on it seven to 10 years, and they're going to see tax deferred appreciation, maybe even tax free, ultimately, when you do 1031 exchanges, and you're going to hold this property and roll it into others over time. That's quadrant one. Quadrant, there we go. Quadrant two is the mortgage deduction benefit, because we want to use leverage. You are, if you're going to buy rental property, folks, you've got to start using leverage. And I know there's a concern sometimes with about debt. Well, folks, there's good debt and bad debt. Credit card is bad debt. Good debt creates cash flow. And if I can go out and leverage a rental property, 20% down, 30, 40% down, 5% down, I don't know, whatever your model is for you, by using leverage, now the mortgage is getting paid down by your tenant. And it's a twofold benefit because not only is the, as the mortgage gets paid down by a cash flow property that's at least paying your mortgage payment, you're building more equity. Not only is the property going up in value, the mortgage that you use to get the property is going down as well. So you're building, you're building equity through mortgage reduction. And then who gets to take that tax deduction for mortgage interest? You do. Now, Tyler, before I go on too far, I mean, you've loved these two benefits, appreciation and mortgage reduction. Before oh. I even get to taxes, those are important. Those are huge, huge, absolutely huge. And Mark, I see this all the time and not to get in the middle of it just quickly. I, you know, as a, as a realtor out there, an investor-friendly realtor, the folks come to me all the time, I'm a cash buyer. That's fine and dandy for getting the offer approved, but for the love of all that's holy, go get a mortgage. Don't worry. We can still close with a mortgage. We'll, we'll write the offer cash, whatever you want to do to get it done, but... Put some leverage on that and take advantage of that. Oh yeah, it's it's really important. And and I um, uh, it, it, the, there's so many quadrants. To, I mean, aspects to re real estate. But I kind of summarize it in these main four. So first, appreciation. Everybody. Number two is that mortgage reduction. Now the tax benefits. Now here's the beauty. As your tax advisor, why I'm all hot and bothered with real estate is because. When you cash flow this property, because of the mortgage deduction that you get, even though the tenant's paying it for you, the mortgage deduction and depreciation, the average rental loses money on paper. So even though you're cash flowing, 
you're losing money on paper. And that paper loss can now come into your tax return and we can use it in multiple ways. We might be able to offset it against your W-2, maybe your S corporation, other income, maybe your fix and flipping as well to pay the bills. That's cool. Let's use that loss against your ordinary income or let's use that loss and carry it forward in a bucket so that when you start harvesting your profits on these rentals 5, 10, 15 years from now, that loss bucket can be dumped out and poured out so that you don't pay tax when you sell the rental down the road. So we've got this loss that starts to accumulate on paper, even though the property is going up in value, and even though the mortgage is going down, and even though you're cash flowing, you've got that extra benefit of tax planning. Boom! Yeah, oh, that's exactly, that's it. There you go. That's it. Yeah, yep. it's huge. Yeah. So then, of course, as I alluded to, the fourth quadrant is cash flow. Folks, if your rental property is not producing tax-free cash flow, something's wrong. And usually what's wrong is you bought a property for cash. If you buy rentals for cash, you're not an investor. You're a rent collector. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you look at your overall or ROI, that if you've got 5000 a year in cash flow on a $100,000 property, well, that's great. You've got a 5% return. But if you got $5,000 in cash flow and you've mortgaged 80% of that property and you're only into it 20 grand, now I have a 25% cash on cash return. Wow. See, so I can start using leverage to get a better cash on cash ROI that's generally going to be tax-free. That's powerful. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to... When we're done with this episode, I'm going to get on the phone. Before I even get it edited out, I'm going to send it to one of my – I got a, a, a rehabber client of mine that I'm thinking about in particular, and we have this conversation about, but my returns are so big uh, when I flip. She makes great money on the flips. But I'm thinking, what about the taxation? You're not – You're. she's paying – correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. She's paying capital gains. She's paying uh, FICA, Correct. Well, it, let me let me be a little more clear. When you're flipping property, if you're in the business of flipping, and I know many of you listening today are active real estate professionals buying and selling property at the courthouse or get, acquiring them in creative ways, we'll call you a flipper for lack of better words. You're not getting capital gain, frankly. You're getting ordinary income taxed on all of your flips with the extra bonus of FICA. Woohoo, right? It sucks. Ugh. That's where the S corporation comes in. And I know that's probably beyond the scope of today. You're not helping people flip. But folks, if you look at the left side, right side, on the left side of your equation in your flipping properties, we're going to use an S corp to generate passive K1 income and only pay a portion of FICA on that income. That's that. So you're kind of converting that ordinary income into a capital gain position to some degree because you're, but capital gain rates are for the non-flippers. Flippers don't get capital gain. They're going to have ordinary income with FICA. Ugh. On the right side of the equation is where we build our rentals. So left side, right side, left side flips, left side W-2, left side your S-corp, your dentist, your income, whatever it is, right side is going to be your rental property that's going to generate those passive losses that we can use, hopefully, somewhere in your equation. Strategically, of course. And yeah. see, and there you go. So I, what, what pains me, Mark, i got to be honest with you, what pains me is 
my flipper friends, they're out there doing their thing. They're not doing the math. They're doing the math on the rehab. They're doing the math on the acquisition. They're doing the math on the sale process, but they're not doing the math on the tax consequences, tax advantages when all that's said and done. They're not seeing past the closing table on the other side. Oh, yeah. There's so much to talk about here, and I know I, I don't want to give another important tip here on for my rental property owners, but on this fix and flip concept, which again, there's nothing wrong with fixing and flipping. It's a great way to pay the bills and make some money, but what are we going to do with our profits and minimize the tax on those? Um, so one of the, I just was looking at one of the videos I'm uploading into my portal here for all the members. See, and this is the cool thing. I told, I told Tyler right when we got on the show, I'm like, hey, I'm uploading 50 new videos. And once you buy my video series, any new videos I upload, you get access to. So it's like, boom, you know, just like a little Christmas gift. Anyway, so one of those videos, Tyler, was the phantom income uh, issue. Because when flippers are taking profit on their flips and then driving the profit into the next property, they're not even getting a dollar for dollar write off every time they buy another property. Um, and so you have this phantom income where flippers have spent all their profit buying new properties, but they've got this huge taxable gain at the end of the year and no money to pay tax because all their money is sitting in property two and three. So um, we've got to really. Um, plan wisely for that uh, phantom income when you're a flipper and uh, set aside a little bit for the taxes and try to estimate what that damage is going to be, again, offsetting some of your rental losses against it. To those of you that are listening, and, and not that this is not a sales pitch, this is fact. You could sit down, you get on the phone, you schedule a consultation with Mark. He'll walk you through, he'll ask you a lot of questions because if you're really, when you're choosing a tax professional, they should be asking more questions than they're talking. The only talking they should be doing is asking a million questions to figure out exactly what you're doing. I read that in uh, Tom Wheelwright's book, um, uh, Tax-Free Wealth. Love that book. That's what got me started on this bandwagon many years ago. And then, of course, I got your book, and it was game on after that. you, you got to get on the phone and set up a strategy consultation with Mark or with his tax team and, and figure out what makes sense for your individual situation. And that's the beauty of what you've done, what your firm and your team has done for me, Mark, is you've helped me develop that bulletproof strategy. Number one, I have as the best protection possible. I'm taking advantage of all the tax benefits that are out there for me. And it makes me a bigger, better investor, a smarter investor, because I'm not getting killed on the taxation. So huge benefits. I want to slip, flip over to uh, IRA just briefly on one oh, particular yeah. topic. I know we can go on for days on IRAs. It's a favorite topic of mine, and we'll probably get you back on. You were mad on the show to talk about that another time, but UBIT tax. Now, uh, the, the rehabbers out there, they're not not—they're borrowing money from IRA lenders. They, they promise the moon and the stars, and that's fine and dandy. Yeah, I'll give you a 12% return, 18%, four points in the front, four points on the back, whatever it works out to be, but nobody ever seems to inform these poor people with their IRA of the tax implications within their IRA. Can we briefly talk about that? Yeah, you bet. Now, this is very technical. So for those of you driving down the road, I don't want you to fall asleep and careen off the road. Uh, so <laughs> for those of you that are – so there's a, there's a, we're, we're not going to spend the whole show on this, and sometimes we need to. But um, for those of you out there that are investing in real estate with your IRA – um, this UBIT tax or UDFI tax, and there's two types, uh, we've got to learn how to avoid it. So let me give a couple tips. When you use your retirement account to go out and do real estate, again, there's two types of real estate you might be doing, fix and flips, rehabs, 
or you might be doing rentals. Okay, there's two different equations there. So um, if you're going to do fix and flips and rehabs inside your IRA or 401k, the scary part is that if you're going to do, you're going to be class, your IRA will get classified as a dealer or professional. And what the IRS and Congress's position is that if you're going to be out doing fix and flips and rehabs in your retirement account, it's not fair to the other fix and flip and rehabbers that are trying to put food on the table that you get to do it tax free. So when you're in the business of flipping, inside your IRA, you're going to pay this UBIT tax to level the playing field with the other flippers out in the market. Because it's not fair, again, that one restaurant pays tax and another restaurant doesn't. So when you're flipping, you're comparatively a restaurant, in a sense, meaning ordinary income, you're in the business. There's no way to get around that except two ways to get around UBIT. One, only do three flips a year inside your retirement account. UBIT only applies uh, generally on flips more than three flips a year. So if you're going to do four flips or more, I'm going to immediately say, whoa, slow down, Tiger. Just do three flips a year in your IRA or 401k. Don't get overly aggressive. Number two, you could do a C corporation owned by your 401k or IRA, and the C corp tax is half of that of UBIT. Half? So we can at least cut that tax in half. And so, Tyler, those are a couple strategies for the flippers. Now, I want to – half. That's – I didn't know that. C-Corp is half of the tax obligation. Of, compared to UBIT. Right, now right. Now, that – yeah. Now, now, I should say that's generally depending – that's for my flippers based on some average income amounts. The C-Corp tax can climb as the revenue does, but uh, generally speaking, you're going to see savings in that range because uh, C-Corp tax is graduated or UBIT tax just hits you right out of the gate at almost 40%. I need you to dispel a myth for me. And yeah, sure. I get this I get this a lot because I, I work with a lot of moneyed people in, in my business, especially in the retail real estate side. And I just had this come up recently. I already know the answer, but I want my listeners to hear it. I had a doctor just just starting out, had a, a couple rental properties. His CPA told him that he makes too much money to receive any benefit from owning rental property. True or false, or it depends. He, re he makes too much money to potentially receive an immediate benefit from rental real estate. Thank you. This is where it makes me mad with CPAs is they'll go, oh, you make too much money, so buying real estate isn't going to work for you. Well, it may not work to get an immediate deduction this year, but you can still build long-term passive income, tax-free appreciation, and build that carry-forward bucket of losses that you weren't able to take immediately, but you'll get it someday. It's not just immediate. It's delayed gratification, and, the, and it's phenomenal. Why these CPAs tell these doctors to it just or anybody out there that's got a W two wage earning income or you're not in the business of real estate, rentals are still an important part of your equation. You know that brings me to the, the next biggest myth that I run into all the time, and and I hear this a lot in in real estate circles, uh, primarily on the retail side. There people are out there being told that they unless they have a real estate license, they are in no way able to qualify for the real estate professional. Benefits. Bullcrap. See, another myth. Um, see, let's go back to your doctor example and bring it all together. Let's say that this doctor, uh, female, let's say it's a female doctor, she is married to this guy who is managing 
the real estate for the family. So it's very common in a, in a dual income family. The one spouse, the woman, is the doctor. She's going to the ER. She's a, you know, let's say she's an ER doctor making six figures or more. But the husband's at home managing their five or 10 rentals and they're doing a couple fix and, fix and flips a year. Now, does he need to be a licensed realtor? No. Does he have to be a licensed contractor? No. But is he in the business of real estate? Freak, yeah. And we can show that he's doing at least 750 hours a year doing real estate, and it's his primary occupation. Guess what? Now, all that rental property loss is immediately deductible for the doctor because she's married to a real estate professional. So boom, see, it just takes it to a whole new level. Not only do you, can you qualify for a real estate professional not being a licensed realtor, on top of that, if you're married to one of these people, it's as if you're both qualified. Boom. There you go. Boom. There, there you have okay. it, folks. There you have it. Hey, <laughs> other than these two myths we got off on, can I get back to the IRA for one more moment? Absolutely. Okay, so I said there's two categories out there. Those of you that are flipping property with an IRA or 401k, and you're dealing with UBIT, do three deals or less a year, consider a C-Corp if you have to, boom. What about those of you out there that are buying rentals with your IRA and you're using non-recourse loans or seller financing? I've got a property that I own right now with seller financing inside an IRA. And if I make cash flow, I might pay what's called UDFI, Unrelated Debt Financed Income, which is a variation of UBIT. So some people go, well, Mark, I'm not flipping properties. I don't have UBIT. Sure. But you're buying rentals inside your IRA, and because you have debt, when you go to sell that rental, the IRS is going to want tax on the leveraged portion of that rental because you don't pay tax on the IRA profit. But if you're going to use the bank's money to buy rentals, then the IRS says, well, you've got to pay UDFI or UBIT tax, again, at 40%, Ouch. if you're going to borrow inside your IRA. But here's the trick. You do not pay UDFI if you buy rentals with debt inside your 401k. So IRAs pay UDFI, but 401ks don't. So for anybody listening out here, I can just save you thousands of dollars, literally thousands of dollars. If you have rental property with debt inside your IRA right now, let's create a 401k for you with your operational business. Roll your IRA into a 401k. No more UBIT. Done. Boom. That's just that. See, now you know. You, now, those of you listening, now you know why I've been excited about this episode. I've been waiting for this for a while. This and here, these are just some of the nuggets. You got to get the book. What your CPA isn't telling you. <laughs> Wait, get it on Amazon. Get it on your website. Go to our affiliate link so I can make what a couple dollars off of this thing. It helps to set the podcast going. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm going to wrap well, it up for today, Mark. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. You've got a lot of stuff going on out there, and you're doing great stuff out in the community. I, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show, and I love this topic. Thank you so much. Guys, following up, uh, once again, cashflowguys.com forward slash tax. That takes you right to Mark's educational site. All kinds of good information on there. If you have information or you just need a kickstart, a, a, a shot in the short pants to get you off the dime, get you moving in the right direction, cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, shame on you. Go over to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. 
cashflowguys.com forward slash group. If you have show ideas, questions for Mark or whatnot, by all means, drop me an email or reach out to Mark directly and he'll be more than happy to help you. And we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.